0: Welcome to the Haynes Report. I'm Carol Haynes. In this episode, I delve into how the left is lying about whether critical race theory is being taught in the schools. And then we'll talk about their growing resistance across America to woke public education and woke universities. Last, we'll wrap up our discussion about why Dr. Jordan Peterson resigned from the University of Toronto. Well, on his first day in office, newly elected Governor Glenn Youngkin fulfilled his campaign promise by signing an executive order to end the use of quote, inherently divisive concepts, including critical race theory. The Virginia superintendent of instruction is to review all the policies, the programs, the academic standards, and the curricula within the education department to determine whether they promote or endorse inherently divisive concepts like critical race theory. Now, the order also bans any executive employee from directing or otherwise compelling students to personally affirm, adopt, or adhere to inherently divisive concepts. Well, the order defines this term divisive concepts as ideas that would violate federal anti-discrimination laws. Youngkin's campaign promises and now his executive order have left us really in a tailspin. They have continued to claim that critical race theory is not taught in schools and are now using Twitter to put a spin on the Fox interview on Yonkin on the Sunday after his inauguration. Yonkin didn't say there was a course about CRT in schools, but rather that critical race principles or concepts were being taught. So leftists are lying. Critical race theory is in the schools, all right, but just disguised. To cover their intent to divide our nation for the ultimate takeover by Marxists, they use code words instead of the term critical race theory, such as equity, racial equity, white supremacy, white fragility, and many other dangerously divisive concepts. Well, let's look at a few of the stories that have been in the news just in the past few days and weeks as examples of how critical race theory is indeed alive and well in public schools. Over in California, they're teaching children to be revolutionaries. Classroom teachers are now using critical race theory and connecting it to ethnic studies to create left-wing revolutionaries. In California, at taxpayer expense of nearly $170,000, Jefferson Elementary School District is rolling out an elementary version of the course. In fact, it's the very first district in the United States to implement ethnic studies courses in all of their elementary and and, uh, middle schools. But Jefferson Elementary School District in California isn't just indoctrinating children, it's also teaching them how to be left-wing revolutionaries. The curriculum was created by Community Responsive Education, which is a left-wing organization run by critical race theorists over at San Francisco State University. Children are then turned into ambassadors for critical race theory, and then at the end of the teaching unit, they have to create a public service announcement that the American education system, and indeed America itself, is oppressive. In the next unit, the students are taught that America is institutionally racist and that white supremacy is entrenched in American institutions, including education. Next, the students are taught how to mobilize and how to engage in leftist revolution for, quote, transformational resistance against white supremacy. Rather than simply indoctrinating children with the beliefs of systemic racism, privilege, and oppression, this course is blatantly designed to create the next generation of extreme left-wing activists operating from these false premises. What's really concerning to me is that this model already has a foothold in a variety of other school districts, including six others in California. But listen to this. They already have a foothold in New York, my home state of Texas, South Carolina, and Pennsylvania. Let me repeat those. New York, Texas, South Carolina, and Pennsylvania, of course, along with California. Other California schools are also teaching critical race theory. Hayward School District paid $57,000 to the, quote, organization to teach public school teachers and staff how to disrupt whiteness. Campbell High School District promoted materials that told children to use witchcraft against people who say all lives matter. Since last summer, California parents, teachers, and organizations have been lied to and told that critical race theory is not being taught in K-12. through They found out differently, though, when a three-hour podcast, or rather webcast, was live-streamed on YouTube last November 20th, and the teachers in that uh, webcast admitted that they're using CRT to develop their lessons, and they admitted that the purpose is to transform students into social justice activists. There we have proof. Oregon is also teaching critical race theory, and they support transgenderism also. Over in Portland, teachers were shown a presentation featuring a pyramid of white supremacy that discussed concepts like white fragility and white saviorism. The Portland School District's policies on LGBTQ issues tell staff that they should not tell anyone if a student questions his sexual orientation Not even the student's parents or guardians are to be told. Hiding a student's sexual orientation from parents is also found in other states as well. Right over here in Texas, this has been a big thing in the news lately. Teacher training over at Texas Walsh Middle School in Round Rock, which I know you've heard that in the news a lot lately. That uh, independent school district over there instructed teachers not to tell parents if a student talks to them about uh, that they're identifying as a transgender or as a non-binary. A mother in that Round Rock School District Coach Train, grew up in communist Vietnam and here's what she said. She is seeing the same thing in schools across the nation that the stories that her parents told her about Vietnam. 500 school districts around the country are hiring woke only teachers. So if you're not woke, you should not even apply there, no matter how good a teacher you are. Trade Publication Education Week recently reported that around 500 school districts in the country are rating teacher applications according to their cultural competency, which is another code for wokeness. Many of these districts are contracting with a teacher hiring company called Nimble And they used artificial intelligence to examine applications, interview interview, uh, answers to determine which candidates harbor the correct political and cultural attitudes. Now they're saying that this is very scientific. They go through those applications and those interviews and, and they think that they can figure out whether this person is woke or not. Well, their goal is to hire only teachers who will reject equal treatment of all students rather than discrimination against some, and that some you can interpret as white, for the supposed benefit of others, which we know is racial minorities. Kentucky also bans white parents from school councils, even if they were elected, saying that they want a racial quota on that school council. Hiring only woke teachers is yet another fatal bullet for public education. Even now, there is a critical shortage of substitute teachers. Verbio, a service that tracks school websites, reported numerous school closings across Texas last week due to staff absences and substitute shortages. Many other states are experiencing similar problems, with uh, Michigan being one of the hardest hit. Well, here's what's interesting. In Michigan, as a temporary fix, mind you, may end up being a permanent fix if things keep going downhill the way they are the Republican control uh, excuse me the republican-controlled state legislature of Michigan passed a bill that allows any school employee who has merely a high school diploma including school secretaries paraprofessionals library age, janitors bus drivers and cafeteria workers to fill in for absent teachers so basically these a group of people with only a high school diploma can become substitute teachers well this tells us that this is nothing but a babysitting exercise so I'm asking everybody to think why would we pay taxpayer money for this purpose why would we give them tens of thousands of dollars millions of dollars within a particular year for a school district to hire people who have no college degree whatsoever. There is a nationwide pushback by parents already underway. They're fed up, they're organizing, they're forming coalitions nationwide. Hundreds of groups have sprung up and more will be coming. In Wisconsin, parents saw what happened in Virginia, and now they're organizing to bring it home. But over in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin rode the wave of public anger against hostile school boards, pushing radical race and gender ideologies, despite his executive order to ban critical race theory. Parents are skeptical about whether Youngkin will really carry out his campaign and inaugural speech promises to get rid of politics and education. The problem that I see with his executive order is that it does not spell out how and if the order will be enforced or even what punishment violators will face. Already a number of schools have stated that they will continue the mask mandate despite the governor's executive order to end it his response is, well, parents legally have the fundamental right to decide about the care of their children, so they would then be the person who decides that. So now he's, he's, he's sort of straying away from his order. So my question is this. Will there be a response from the state to enforce the governor's executive order over mask? Well, if this executive over mask is ignored, you can bet your bottom-line dollar that the divisive concepts executive order is going to be ignored also this looks like the same path that we have been going down here in Texas the state legislature passed a ban on teaching the divisive concepts of critical race theory but our lieutenant governor's office has noted that well the state really cannot make decisions for local schools so then why did Texas pass the bill to ban critical race theory in K through 12? Well, the governor also signed an executive order banning mask mandates, but that too has been ignored, including uh, schools and city governments right down in in, in Dallas, you know, and others around the states. It's just a big deal that they're saying, forget it. We're going to do what we want to do. So what has the governor done? Nothing. What can he do? Well, there we might look at Governor DeSantis and see what he's doing down there. Yunkin has just appointed Jillian Below, superintendent of Wyoming's public schools, to, for the top slot of superintendent of education in Virginia. Well, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Schultz, a senior fellow with Parents Defending Education and an outspoken foe of critical race theory in Virginia schools, will be Below's deputy superintendent. Here's the big red flag. Young can appointed just before Christmas Amy Gidera as Secretary of Education. That's the top rung. That's the top job. She will be the superior uh, officer of both below and schools. Now Gidera has ties, both association and financial ties, to the critical race theory education swamp. Gidera was the founder and chief executive of Data Quality Campaign a national nonprofit that advocates for the collection of data on American school children. But DQU, excuse me, DQC received nearly 26 million dollars from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which donates large amounts to critical race theory-linked projects. Other contributors include Bloomberg Philanthropies, Carnegie Corporation of New York, and the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. DQC's founding organizations include Achieve Incorporated, the Council of Chief Staff School Officers, the National Governors Association, and the Education Trust, with major funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Using the Council of Chief State School Officers and the National Governors Association, Gates pushed Common Core into the nation. DQC's founders and the major funders are also linked to critical race theory projects. So it's just one big group here. The DQC board includes two very powerful figures in this diversity, equity, inclusive inclusion. Now, they call this DEI, and this is considered a movement. And those two powerful figures on the DQC board are Erica Mankonduit and Cassandra Herring. A 2018 case study done by DQC describes their mission to use data to transform the purpose of public education from academic to social-emotional learning. SEL, as many of you have heard me talk about, is the vehicle used to inject or push critical race theory ideology into schools. Data collection by companies such as Second Step and Rhythm which promote left-wing ideologies, is a major concern of organizations pushing back against critical race theory. Well, as you can well imagine, school choice is now a high priority. Parental demand for school choice has surged to nearly 52 percent for those who have considered or are considering finding new schools for their children. This is a majority. This breaks out as 26% of black parents, 59% Hispanic or Latino parents, and 47% white parents. States are making school choice legislation a priority at a time when the teacher unions have blocked the safe reopening of schools for in-person learning and, backed by the Biden administration, these unions have pushed for critical race theory indoctrination for K-12 students. There's an all-time high in public support for education savings accounts, vouchers, and tax credit scholarships. Now, for those of you who've heard me talk, vouchers are not a good idea, but we don't have time to get into that at this point, maybe another time. But, but these are just um, coming high in favor among the parents. Well, over in California, parents are supporting a bipartisan campaign to allow parents to take their children and their money out of schools that prioritize indoctrination over education over in arizona the governor has said the state is going to give families money to send their kids to a different school if their schools are shut down again many parents are taking advantage of free market education you'll hear me talking about that more in coming podcasts this is a very very important thing this is not new this is nothing new at all this is old stuff but many people today are not familiar with that term A popular choice of free market education is learning pods, where a small group of parents will hire a tutor or teacher to come in and teach their children. So it might be three or four or five families, or it could be more than that, and they may meet around, um, you know, in, in the one home and maybe move from home to home or they might find a, a small room somewhere else or in some cases they're going to churches because um, in churches there they're often rooms that are vacant all week long until Sunday and um, they can they can um, rent those rooms there American public education has been sold as the only way that we should be educating our children and that's a myth That's up for another podcast. Well, so people believe that we really can reform it since it is the only way, and we'll just go back to the old days. Well, here's the bad news. That's a lie. We can't go back because government education is doing exactly what it was intended to do when it was created in the 1830s. So if parents want their children to have a high-quality education and to return to some of those old-fashioned principles like working hard, respect to their parents, following the Ten Commandments, and loving this country, then there's no choice but to leave government schools. The welcome meter in public schools is ramping up. Parents who think they don't have time to homeschool may soon realize that compared with all of the nonsense and all of the effort involved in trying to monitor and counter this nonsense from left-wing classrooms and left-wing boards of education, left-wing superintendents, homeschooling is by far the easiest and most logical alternative. During 2020, the number of homeschooled children doubled when parents saw lessons that were not about academics but socialist propaganda. Among black families, the number of homeschool has gone up fivefold. Well, we're seeing a growing rejection of communism in education. That's the good news. Angry parents filed a lawsuit against the state of California over the policy that encouraged public school students to pray to Aztec gods. Well, among those Aztec religious practices were cutting out human hearts, and flaying or beating victims and then wearing their skin. This is their skin after they've been killed, of course. Decades ago, leftists filed a lawsuit with the U.S. Supreme Court to take Christian prayer out of the schools, but now leftists have boldly included the demonic Aztec religion in public school with children chanting to pagan gods. According to the Thomas More Society law firm that filed the case, Aztec prayers at issue are not being taught as poetry or history. In fact, they're seeking blessings from and the intercession of these demonic forces. Here's a big problem. Universities are losing their esteemed professors who refuse to back down to wokeness. Recently, Dr. Aaron Cariotti, who was dismissed by the University of California, Irvine School of Medicine, He was a psychiatrist and an ethicist serving as a professor at the university and director of the medical ethics program at UCI Health until he was fired for refusing, of all things, to be vaccinated after claiming natural immunity because he had had a prior COVID infection. This man, this doctor, was a major influence in the early months of the pandemic. He co authored the UC's pandemic ventilator triage guidelines for the uc office of the president he consulted for the california department of public health on the state's triage plan for allocating scarce medical resources he also served as a psychiatric consultant at the hospital and contracted covid 19 in 2020 himself well now that he's been fired he's setting up a private practice Dr. Jordan Peterson, the renowned psychology professor at the University of Toronto, recently resigned his full professorship. In his commentary in the Canadian National Post, Dr. Peterson is quite frank about the left-wing ideology within the university, corporations, Hollywood, and professional colleges. He says the insane DEI, diversity, inclusivity, and equity, is just killing America. Dr. Peterson is very clear about the future of his qualified and supremely trained graduate students who are heterosexual white males though. He says they are not going to stand a ghost of a chance of being offered any university research positions so they'll basically come out of graduate school and not an opportunity to go to work in a university. They will be discriminated even more so and partly because they are his students since he is academic persona non grata because he has unacceptable philosophical positions. This is an incredibly courageous step by Dr. Peterson, but I predict we're going to see many others following him in abandoning academia. Imagine what impact that's going to have on universities in the future. Their credibility is already down the tube over their work policies. Students who have incurred tens of thousands of dollars of debt Just to get Marxist indoctrination, now they can't find a job. They're very, very disillusioned. So for the past two years, classes have been shut down. And now students are told, well, if you want to come to class, you're going to have to be vaccinated, probably along with wearing a mask. Over at George Mason University, the students have been told they have to have a vaccine to come to class. And they're firing back. They're saying, no way, Jose. Well, we're going to see many universities go under in the next decade, I predict. Those that provide a true academic program will survive and we are going to be seeing, I think, others coming up. I've already heard of some on the horizon. Hopefully, colleges of education that teach Marxism to future teachers will be among those that bite the dust. Since the 1960s, all students have been pressured to get a college education. That's changing now, and we're students who decide that college just ain't all it's been cracked up to be. So many are training for the trades or even setting up their own small businesses. Well, in conclusion, communists and socialists want a planetary, a worldwide slavery in the form of a globalist socialist government. Their chief weapon to accomplish their goal is government indoctrination disguised as education, our public schools. They're training our young people to become America's red guards like, like those under the mass murder communist dictator Mao Zedong at the university level. The teaching of Marxism by radical activists overrides the teaching of a classical curriculum. America is at a very dangerous crossroad right now. We're following the path of modern Venezuela that not very long ago was a very, very wealthy nation. Today, it's mired deep in poverty and corruption hopelessness, yet it has the largest reserve of oil in the entire world and is still, is still a very poor nation. Cannot even afford to pump that oil. If we're to survive this communist revolution, it's going to take People willing to stand up against tyranny like those we're seeing daily in the news. Parents who buck the education system. Frontline doctors who tell the truth about lockdowns, masks, and vaccinations. And people like Dr. Cariotti and Dr. Peterson who buck their universities. We must stop buying from woke corporations and stop using left-wing social media and left-wing news sources. We're going to have a parallel society. And, you know, I've talked about that. We already have seen Parallel Society. We're seeing new social media sources coming on board. We're seeing new news sources, um, uh, conservative news sources coming on board. Um, we need all of you who are out there listening to the Haynes Report to share this information with everyone you know. Thank you so much for joining me today. And please, please come back for the next podcast chat.